uh, Rhonda from Music and L invited me back in May to uh, be involved with Music Week. Mm-hmm. And that was at the same meeting when I was asking her for a lot of help in uh, supporting what we're doing at Trinity Hall. And I just felt like it made sense for lots of reasons to say yes to that. So I am coming up to do that. I'm going to give a keynote speech uh, on uh, Saturday the 21st. And um, uh, I'm being interviewed on the Friday, uh, some kind of live interview that they're doing. Um, I might be presenting an award at the awards thing on Saturday night. I'm not sure. I'm looking forward to hanging out in St. John's for a couple of nights. Yeah, absolutely. But there you go. Greg Wells back in town next week. Music and L week. We got to talk about a bunch of things, but we're going to cover in a big way uh, an album that's coming out. It'll be the second release, I guess, from Silly Cove Records at Trinity Hall Christmas. But let's jump to the let's jump to the intro. Welcome back to the podcast, Greg. I grew up just like any other kid in Port Newfoundland, around, on, um, sometimes even in the water. I grew up wanting to be a sailor, uh, just like my father, I eventually sailed on ships all over the world for 20 years. Then I met this guy, Greg Wells. He bought a 100-year-old church in my hometown. Along with a great team of people, there's some very special things happening there. My name is Ryan Gates. This is my hometown of Winterton, Newfoundland. This is Downey's Bank, Silly Cove Records Podcast. But first of all, what are you up to right now? Like this one besides talking to me. Uh, right now, I'm preparing to drive through the intensity of LA rush hour traffic to go watch my 12 year old daughter play volleyball on her school volleyball team. Um, I live on one side of Los Angeles, and her school is playing at the complete other side, which on the map <clears throat> doesn't look that far, but with rush hour traffic, it's like driving to, I don't know, it's like driving cross country. So, that's what i'm staring at um and we just wrapped the christmas album which i guess we're going to talk about and i was very focused on on trying to finish that because i wanted it to be as great as possible um and i had been working on these two wicked movies for over a year but they really uh a big pause button got hit because there was a writer's strike Mm. here for all the, the the folks that write movies and tv shows and and uh so that but they had to stop filming which meant that we stopped working on it uh we weren't allowed to work on it and i love working on the project but i also enjoyed the break because it was really intense we were working all through the weekends really late nights i wasn't seeing my family very much and i've been able to see my kids a lot more i've been hanging up you know taking work days off during the week and taking my kids to the zoo and this this morning I was like swimming with my four-year-old and stuff I couldn't really get to do when I'm in the throes of like working on a movie when you work in a movie it's a bit like I don't know if you ever saw that movie The Revenant that Leonardo DiCaprio movie but there's a scene where he gets attacked by this massive grizzly bear and it's sort of like that it's like that bear is just always on top of you (laughs) that's not what I was (laughs) expecting but okay so the bear, you know, went somewhere else, has been somewhere else for several weeks. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been nice. You know, come, I'm coming back to uh, to Newfoundland on Tuesday. And today's Thursday. And I was just there a few weeks ago. So it's nice to be able to, like, do stuff like that and just have a bit more uh, breathing room. Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. We, we've we've appreciated having you around a bit more because uh, we've missed you for sure. Um, last time we were on the podcast, like I said, we we had just signed Summer Bennett. We were gearing up for the grand opening of Trinity Hall. It was all systems go. The record label had just released Courtney's album, or we just we just finished Courtney's album. We were just gearing up for her CD release, her album release show. Um, again, so much has happened since then with, with regard to uh, artists. And we'll talk a little bit about the artist, I think. Uh, but let's dive right into this Christmas album we've got coming up. So, uh, the vision. You know behind what? I, Christmas- I, I, look, I don't want to interrupt you, but I just. But, but you're going I, to. I want to. <laughs> well, just you know, on Courtney Wicks, like, um, um, you had texted Courtney and I, um, Courtney, me and Courtney, Courtney and me. You texted Courtney and me. I feel like I should say Courtney and I, but that's actually wrong. Courtney and me texted us this morning saying. Um, Oh, by the way, Courtney, your video of Nancy Spain has has uh, pushed past fifteen thousand views, which is kind of amazing. It hasn't been out that long, and I was reading through some of the, the viewer comments, and there's like a bunch of folks from Ireland that have left comments saying that this that's their favorite version of the song. Um, you know, uh, they like it better even than Christy Moore's version of the song, which is like. It's really high praise. I mean, yeah, you know, Ireland also is another one of those places where the music bar is just like absurdly high in the air, and uh, you know, like Newfoundland. But I mean, to get that kind of praise from from afar, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where the inf- the Irish influence musically and I think culturally is very prevalent in Newfoundland, it's just it was a beautiful thing to read, and it meant a lot to me. You know, I hope it means a lot to to you and Courtney as well, too. It's just a cool, what a cool little, like, side uh, occurrence, you know, to, I don't know. I don't quite know how to finish that thought, but. No, it's, it's, I always find it astounding because, I mean, I live in this little, this little world here where I just, you know, I'm helping run the record label and I'm involved with the Trinity Hall board side of things. And just, we just go about our business and we do hear a lot of, you know, local praise, um, since you're on last trendy hall's been nominated for venue of the year at music and l this year which is i mean it's up alongside some of the greatest venues that there are in newfoundland labrador some of the you know like the ship pub for example is 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 one of the most well-known uh pubs beloved you know it's just beloved by artists and locals alike it's one of those kind of you know very puts me in mind like cheers you know what i mean it's just it's, it's where the locals go kind of deal um you know these these are the kind of places that that get nominated for the venue of the year and and to have trinity hall lumped in with that in our first half of year of operation i'm just i was just astounded by it because i mean whoever wins is great and that's wonderful but the, the, the nomination process with music and l2 it's completely unbiased to bring in a panel of people from across the country to judge this stuff it's oh, wow. not there's no favoritism there's no popularity contest it's based on the application and what's been written about the place so hmm. um we're on the right track, I think is what I'm getting at. Uh, and we've only just gotten started. Um, but yeah, I get, to, I get to read sometimes in, in passing comments on Facebook and on the different, different platforms we're using people who just take notice of what we're doing, who have no reason to have taken notice of what we're doing. And that's when I it really strikes home that we're doing something real, real special. You know, I knew it would catch fire locally, certainly in winter the Trinity shore. Cause we kind of started out with that kind of in the mindset, but you know, not limiting ourselves to anything. Um, and then, of course, Newfoundland and the St. John's area has grabbed onto it and up through Labrador. And now we've got people reaching out to us from Halifax and Moncton up New Brunswick wanting copies of this Christmas album that we've produced. 
as soon as it comes out so they can play it in Atlantic Canada. And that's without me even reaching out to anybody. They've reached out to me. So people are watching, right? Um, but yeah, no, Courtney's, Courtney's, well, I mean, my, that's the other thing about this whole project too. And I, I hope she don't watch this because she'll call me a sook. But uh, I mean, I knew Courtney since she was a little girl, but we were never friends. You know, I were, I'm about 10 years older than her. It just didn't match up, right? Since this project has come along, me and her have become great friends. Like, I mean, great friends. I talk to her daily about, you know, operational type stuff, but we joke and carry on and we've become really great friends through the project. And if that's the only thing that comes out of this, I'd be more than happy. But again, we're just getting started. There's so many good feels about the whole project. But yes, I'm going to drive you right back to the Christmas album. Uh, unless you get another side thought, feel free. Well, but, it, uh, it's, it, it does happen. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> from time to time. Um, so we come up with this idea for a Christmas album for something special. Um, no, no, no. We did not come up with the idea. You came up with the idea for this Christmas album. And it's, you. you come up with a lot of ideas. I would say most of them are really good. This one is, is, is just the best idea I've heard in a long time from anybody. Don't don't give me any credit for coming up with this idea. This is all your idea. Go on. Yep. No. I, well, thank you. Um, so the idea being that we, I mean, Silicon Valley Records was developed on a on the premise of a not for profit, where you know fifty percent will go to local charity off record sales, and fifty percent would go to the artists who get involved. We've made so many good connections uh, over the last little while. Um, people in the industry, people who are now artists on the, on the label who are working on music that has not yet released. Um, you know, people like Justin Fancy, who since, again, since last podcast you were on, visited you in LA, you guys did some writing and hung out for a week. Um, we've made a lot of good connections. And I said, why don't we reach out to these people and see if they're interested in donating some time where no one takes a cut of anything. Uh, and they donate their time. We donate our abilities on the production and facility side of things. And we create this full length Christmas album, a true variety album, which, um, brings in people who've been doing this for years. I mean, Ray Johnson, who's a legend, not just in Newfoundland, but in Canada, he's won the order of music in Canada. I think it's called, it's called, um, and been recording for 50 years, uh, right down to people who've never recorded before, but just outstandingly talented people who I've stumbled across. So I pitched the idea to you. You said it's going to be an incredible amount of work, but yes, um, let's do it. And then you kind of gave me full control over it, which I really, really appreciated. I, I you told me to select all the artists that I thought would be a good fit for what I had in mind. Shopped the idea to them all, and it was an astounding yes. Let's do this. Um, this this kind of opportunity. I don't I don't know of an, of an album that's been done like this in a long time in Newfoundland. We we've had compilation albums before, but uh, I don't think there's been one done like this, which is truly widespread across denominations, music genre, cultural boundaries, the whole shoot and match, right, and generational gaps. Um, but uh, but yeah, so everyone piled on board really quickly and. I kind of came up with the idea a little bit late too. Like normally after talking to you, you're like, well, normally Christmas albums are completed, done, ready for the shelf, like July, August, you know, done, done. And we really earlier, get, actually, well, fair enough. I'm trying to get myself myself a little bit, <laughs> a little bit easier here, but, uh, we didn't actually get recording until September and the beginning of October. We literally just finished our last track at the beginning of this month. Um, so it was all systems go. Uh, we reached out to Mark Feener, who's been, Massive supporter of everything we're doing at Trinity Hall and Silico Records. Asked Mark if he would be interested in co-producing on the album with you to lighten the load and help expedite the process. Uh, Mark, more than capable and have turned out some great stuff for the album as well. Um, 
reached out to Claire to see if she would fully self-produce a track of her own. She's up for producer of the year as well through Music and All this year and a signee to Silly Cove Records. Claire could not wait to start. Her track is just mind-blowing. Um, so these people piled on board. Um, uh, again, I, I the whole concept, I, I, I love the concept. Obviously, I'm the one came up with it, but to, as I pitched it to people, everyone kind of agreed the same, that it was something that hadn't really been done before. So um, that's the concept. But then, of course, we needed a cause. And for me, the greatest cause that there is in Newfoundland Labrador, I believe, is the Janeway Children's Hospital. And their donations come in through their foundation, the Janeway Children's Hospital Foundation. Um, I've done some work with those guys in the past with different projects. So I reached out to Carmela Butland there. She handles all the corporate stuff and I pitched the idea to her and she was like, whatever you need that we can support with or contacts you need to help push this or whatever, they're going to support us as well. So, uh, you know, the money from this album generated is going to flow back into, uh, the, uh, Janeway children's hospital. In fact, she's going to let us know uh, a piece of equipment that they're targeting to purchase for the children's hospital with the money that we're raising. So, uh, pre-sale link is up. I'll tell everyone that. Um, and if you want to order it, just go to sillycovrecords.com uh, under our shop menu there. You can order it. Um, you can order a hard copy, a pre-ordered hard copy. Um, or you can, you'll be able to, you'll be able to download this through an MP3 download, same price, the same price point. But again, cause it's for the children's hospital. It's not for, uh, it's not a money grab. Uh, it's, uh, it's a, it's a high, high quality product. Um, but what I want to do, if you've got the time, Greg, is we'll, I'll just get you to touch on each track. I'll, I'll list off the tracks to you and we'll just discuss a little touch on each and, uh, and go from there. Give me two seconds to pull it up now. And if there's anything you want to chime in with what I just, what I just mentioned, feel free, by the way. Well, I mean, I, I think, of course, you know, anybody in the right mind would, would, would recognize what a great idea it is for me personally um i really really resonated with the idea because i um when i was 11 i got this disease in my right hip and the the top of the leg bone top of the femur is your hip ball and the disease is called perthes disease and the usually uh, infants get this so like the oldest age is usually around three for some reason i got it when i was 11 uh, when you're that young, when you're three or younger, it just sort of fixes itself because mm. it's mostly cartilage at that point. It's not really hardened bone. But when I was 11, it was all bone and it just kind of softened and it came out of the socket and it was really painful. I was in and out of a wheelchair, mostly in a wheelchair for two years at that point. And I spent weeks at Sick Children's Hospital in Ontario, in Toronto. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it's just being in a hospital is really it's a lot of things, but it's boring. Like it's really boring when you're a kid and, and music was like the one thing that I had this, you know, crappy little transistor radio with this like single weird, like earpiece. And that's the thing that just kind of kept me going. So, um, just remembering, you know, that experience of like being there and I would see a lot of other kids that were there too. And for different reasons, I was in sort of the orthopedic, like bone section, but, you know, I remember seeing kids that were dealing with terminal cancer and just all kinds of heartbreaking stuff in different ages. Um, and so just remembering my own experience of that and then the power of music. It's like, that's why we, that's why I do music is to try and uh, lift people's spirits and music feels like a healing thing. You know, um, uh, I was actually just thinking this morning about like, like 
the few times that we've done some music stuff at Trinity Hall when I've been lucky enough to be there at the same time um, and jumping up on stage and playing with uh, with some of the great artists that we've had play there. It feels like, you know, I don't feel like I'm like when I do that, I don't feel like I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm like showboating and sort of muscle flexing. I'm feeling like it's more like like uh, letting something come through me. And it's all about like, uh, I feel like I want everyone in the room to feel that you know it's it, and and i'm sort of like shepherding it or trying to at least shepherd that into the room so that's what i want this album to do and of course i also wanted to raise i want them to buy that piece of equipment that they're talking to you about um yeah. so i also have like a, my own little personal history connection to being stuck in a in a sick kids hospital for longer yeah. than you want to be and and uh you know trying to do school work out of there and just it's just yeah. not a, not a fun experience I think um, I think that your your story too that it read that'll resonate with everybody because if there's one charity too in Newfoundland and Labrador that that everybody has can can relate to has been connected to in one way or another over the past fifty years however long they've been there I don't even know it's it's been the, the hospital's been there a long time uh, everybody is connected every year Newfoundland and Labradorians come out in droves during the Janeway Telethon which is where we'll present the check for this um, uh, and. We raise millions of dollars, and that's that's without asking for anything in return. Just pick up the phone and call in with a donation. So I think when people realize that they're going to get a world class piece of music memorabilia, for, if nothing else, if you buy a hard copy, uh, if you're downloading the digital copy and listening to it in, on your phone, in your car, you're listening to again world class production of of artists who some of them, some of which I guarantee you've never heard of. Some more you have, hundred percent. But you're going to be pleasantly surprised with what you get for your $20 bill and how far that $20 bill will go for the Janeway Hospital. So, um, but yeah, I think everyone's going to resonate with your story because I think we've all got our own. I mean, I had two kids that were born at the Health Science Center, which is connected to the Janeway, and both of them end up in intensive care because of different reasons. Nothing incredibly serious, but while I was in there for a week with each of them, I seen babies who were preemies who were there for, you know, the long haul. They were there three, four months, and there were – the nursing staff, I, I, I'll never have enough good to say about staff at the Janeway Hospital. The equipment is one thing. They have a world-class facility there. But the people, when you, when you bring in the best of the best of Newfoundlanders and ask them to care for other Newfoundlanders who are under the age of 15 or whatever, you're getting the best of the best of people and, uh, and some of the doctors from locally as well as from away who've come to work at that facility. There, there, is no better, there is no better hospital on planet Earth, in my opinion. But again, one man's opinion. Let's get to the album. So, uh, track number one on the album. Uh, again, since our last chat, signed to Silly Cove Records to hopefully produce her next album, Miss Rachel Cousins. Uh, Rachel's been at Trinity Hall now multiple times. She did her own sold-out show, again, since we last talked. She was the very first uh, ticketed show we did at Trinity Hall. Sold out to rave reviews. Um, again, she came out for, uh, for the birthday bash the other day. She couldn't, uh, she, she couldn't, uh, perform. She, she came down ill, but she still made the trek to make sure she was there to, 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 uh, to pass along her greetings. And again, to help support the kids who were, who were there, who were shooting a partial TV show actually for the local high school. And they wanted to interview Rachel. So she came out for that, but Rachel is doing a cover of Willie Nelson's pretty paper. And I didn't know what to expect because when I asked Rachel what she wanted to do again, I let all the artists choose their own song. Uh, and she said, pretty paper. It was not what I was expecting. I was not expecting a, a Willie Nelson country music type song. 
So I didn't have any idea what to expect. Uh, we sent her off with Mark to experiment uh, on, on sound and what they wanted to do, and they, they collaborated on this. Mark came up with the, the guitar arrangement, and Rachel, of course, on the vocals. And I'll let you just talk about the track a little. Well, I got what they did, and it's 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 one of my favorite things I've ever heard Rachel do in the studio. I can't wait for people to hear it. Uh, I think there's a reason we are opening the album with it. It's a really just strong 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 recording uh, it's a great song with a great artist and uh and it, it plays great just by itself just the vocal and uh and the guitar it's fantastic um and i just added some uh kind of just sort of ethereal kind of vibey um two of my favorite sounds are um i used to play with katie lang when i was 23 to the age of i was in her band for three years and there was and still is a pedal steel guitar player named Greg Lees, L-E-I-S-Z. And he he pl can play real traditionally, but he also does this really cool thing where he turns on some delay pedals. And he just does this thing where he takes the bar and he just sort of rubs it on the string so that the strings start to vibrate. Mm -hmm. And they just, it's almost like it kind of turns into like a synth pad almost, but he, he keeps the vibrato going. It's the most haunting sound, and it's been a real influence on me. I used to just watch him do that and sound check, um, and I've just imitated him a lot. So that's something I like to do. Uh, I did that over the track, and then sort of an adjacent kind of same area code of kind of haunting, ethereal, almost spooky kind of sounding is is a weird thing called an ebo. You must have, mm -hmm. have you know so. How do I describe what an Ebo is? An Ebo is like this weird contraption, almost looks like a little stapler, but you can hold it over a guitar string. And I'm not, I can't explain really how an Ebo works, but it makes the string vibrate. It, it sends some sort of, I don't know what it does to the string, but it just makes the string vibrate on its own. And, and it sustains forever until you take the Ebo off the string. You're not actually, I don't think you're touching the guitar string. You're holding it just over it and it just makes it like that um and it's just a really cool sound and i i like doing that on guitar and then usually turning on some effect pedals and it's cool with a volume pedal you can kind of like swell that in and out that match with the pedal steel doing that is just this crazy weird like what's going on sort of thing so that's happening behind what mark and rachel did and um and it's a great song too mm -hmm. um I'm super proud of how that that turned out. Um, and I remixed it a couple of times. I, I mixed it twice and I thought we were done. And then, uh, and it sounded great, I thought. But then I, I got some new gear. I actually got, I'll show you. I got this, um, let's see if it shows up. No, that's not it. Where am I? I'm trying to aim the camera to thing. I can't really, that thing there, that box there. I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but it's a, it's the Rupert Neve company. It's called the Master Bus Transformer. Don't we all need a Master Bus Transformer? Oh, I could and, use one. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we could all use one. So <laughs> it's uh, it has a bunch of different stuff in it. Um, it just kind of... Um, you put it across the entire sound. So I don't just put it on one element. Like, I don't just put it on her, her voice. I suppose I could, but I put it across everything. I run the whole mix through it. And there's a bunch of stuff you can do 
to it in that box, different options. And it just sort of colors and changes. Um, and you can mess with the stereo imaging, make it feel more stereo than it is. Uh, there's two different transformers in it. One accentuates the more high-end harmonics. Another one does the more low, kind of beefy harmonics. And you can play with the balance of those. It's a pretty fascinating little box. I fell in love with it. And when that showed up, I, I uh, was using it on the... the the later mixes that were showing up and i went back to rachel's mix and thought hey, i gotta i gotta reapproach this so um so now that's going through that stuff too um i love it i cannot wait for people to to hear it of course i can't wait for people to hear the entire album but the, but uh we got a strong opening track yeah no kidding uh i'm always astounded at rachel's vocals i still think she's got more in the tank like i keep i keep telling anytime i chat with her i'm like if you ever cuts loose like actually lets her high end go and really digs into it. Man, like she always blows me away. Rachel always blows me away. I've been a fan for years ever since the first time I heard her, which was at least five or six years ago. She is just, anyway, vocally amazing. But track. she also has the ability, which which she does on this track, where she's singing really intimately and really quiet. A lot of the time when singers do that or when musicians play really quietly, you, you the intensity drops yes yeah but there's something about when she does it it's it's as intense as if she were going for a louder or higher pitch or something it's just it just pulls me in it really um it's yeah she's something else oh, absolutely absolutely so track two we've got a song which i'm willing to bet you never heard until we did this album i want i don't want to I, I'll guess that. Have you, have you had you heard the song by Ron Hines? I'll be there. I'll be I'll be there Christmas Eve. No, but it, the song absolutely blows me away. What an incredible song! Yeah, everything about it—the lyric, the choices—you know. Because I'm also a songwriter, so I'm always listening to something I haven't heard, and I'm I'm listening for like the choices that were made by the writer. Mm -hmm. uh, that's yeah. I mean, that's an incredible song. It, it like, really is what an amazing script for, it's for a it's song. a really interesting story as well because the original version of that song was written by ron and it was really dark it was kind of you know sailor on a ship kind of drunk before christmas not really having much to offer to the world and kind of looking for you know a kind of a second chance kind of deal um but it was still a great song it still is probably again one of my favorite versions of the song being the original however there was a, a group um of young girls this would have been gosh they were young girls so it was i want to say 20 years ago in st john's called the Anna sisters which locals will be more than familiar with they're one of the, the, our biggest exports ever in the, in the music scene they've been everywhere and done everything uh, legends living legends um they were just getting on on the move and they wanted to release a christmas album called Annis road and their dad loved this song ron hines was a legend uh saying goes that if elvis presley would have come to st john's he could have easily opened up for Ron Hines. Their dad reaches out to Ron. He's like, you know, the girls really want to record this song, but, you know, it's it's a little dark for some teenage girls. Would you mind coming over and rewriting the song for the girls? Hmm. And Maureen Ennis, who, uh, who's one of the lead singers there, of course, with the group, she tells this story and she's like, can you imagine this day and age if you reach out to someone locally who's of the same, it'd be like the same thing as reaching out to Alan Doyle and asking him to rewrite one of his hits, you know what I mean? But like, it's so unheard of, but Ron was like, yeah, sure. He was that kind of a guy. He came over, they sat, he sat in their living room with the three girls and they rewrote the lyrics to soften them up and, and, and make them a little more presentable for their demographic. 
and that is the version we've recorded on this album uh, because it is it is simply beautiful um, but the artist that we've chose and and the artist who chose this song is uh, is a young lady named Amanda Stone um, I've known Amanda for about five years um, the first time I heard her sing it was a full stop it was, it was just like like jaw hit the hit the table um, I've always thought that 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 she should be recorded and given this opportunity she when when Trinity Hall and then Silico Breaker started up she reached out to me and she said you know if there's ever an opportunity I'd love to get involved and I said well you know I'll keep you in mind because there's going to be lots of projects over the years uh, and this I couldn't think of a better time because Amanda actually helped me with a project a year ago I was raising money for a local recreation uh, outfit here and her and my good friend Courtney Wicks got together and put off a Christmas show for me where we sold tickets and we raised some money for our local recreation and they did that free of charge so um Again, uh, Amanda is an absolute saint. I, I, I love her to pieces. She's a great friend, uh, but an amazing vocalist. So I'll just let you touch on her as a vocalist, just uh, your first impressions. So I, I got sent the recording. And I started working on the mix. And I was immediately blown away by the singer. And I just assumed, because I didn't know anything about Amanda at the time. Uh, you know, we were doing this quite fast and furiously. Mm -hmm. Um here comes the next song. Okay, Greg, we got to finish the mix. Um, so I'm just thinking, okay, well, clearly this is like a, a tried and true, super experienced artist who's like toured a lot and performed a lot because there, were, I think there were about f maybe five or six vocal takes, like vocal recordings um, over the same guitar performance. So you know, for those of you who don't know, like you can in the recording studio, if you're playing a piano or you're playing a guitar or whatever the singer is singing to, you can they can you can record a, a a performance and then you can go back and over the same piano you can record another performance and then you can record another performance and then you can kind of pick your favorite moments from each performance like a movie gets edited together. Mm -hmm. You can do the same thing with a with a vocal. So I was doing that. I was listening to all five or six of her performances and picking out. And I do that with every thing I, I, I produce and mix. It's just like editing the best scenes from a movie together. And that's how you create the movie. And I started noticing that. Like, I mean, typically, no matter what artist I'm working with, what recording artist I'm working with, there's usually big differences between each recording each performance on the same song some some takes are really great some are not very good uh, some have great moments and then they kind of peter out um they're all quite different with amanda they all sounded almost identical mm. they were all super strong um just like just like a like super consistent they all sounded usable i could have used any of them from top to bottom no editing and I just thought, well, this is somebody who's really, 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 really a pro and very seasoned. And I could not believe when you told me that, um, you know, I started actually I started Googling her. I'm like, who is Amanda Stone? Who is this artist that I don't know anything about? And I found a singer named Amanda Stone who's down in New York, who, you know, and God bless whoever that Amanda Stone is. But she it's, had all these like really provocative photos and like super sexualized and i thought okay well maybe that's who ryan's found and i don't know and then i saw some more photos i'm like yeah i'm not sure that that's the same 
person doesn't feel very newfoundland to me and then we started talking and you're like no 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 no. she's um she doesn't do this professionally at all uh, mm-hmm. she's always actually wanted an opportunity like this and, and she's uh you know considering that i mean i'm not trying to put words in her mouth but i think that she told you something like she has mostly kind of sung around the house right she's like mostly sung like in the kitchen or just you know around around her family she's hilariously overqualified to be only singing you know around the house like she's as good as anybody and and she's a real natural in front of the microphone like there's good singers but they don't always translate in front of a microphone microphones Mm -hmm. are weird they're unnatural in the same way that not every beautiful person is photogenic in front of a camera it doesn't always work out that way and also sometimes people who aren't necessarily really attractive in person oddly can be really photogenic on camera i don't know why microphones are like that too but she's a great she's a killer singer and the microphone just loves her voice um yeah i i hope we can figure out a way to record her again um and you know i feel like she if she wants to she can figure out a way to come up with a project where she's the singer like that's something worth i mean we'd be crazy to not explore what that is i i completely agree she uh she keeps telling me that she really just wants to she wants old country to come back in a big way and she wants to be the one to do that and how how old like patsy klein old like yeah that's that is my that's my favorite version of country music like the og super traditional yes patsy klein's like that's it doesn't get better than that for me amanda amanda again like i said she she dreamed of always being a singer she uh she started down that path as a young lady but of course got like the rest of us got derailed with raising family she's the mother of two beautiful young girls uh happily married and 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 doing her thing um but now that the girls are getting older she's expressed an interest in really diving back into this um and in doing so uh because of what turned out on this christmas album um one of our other artists we'll talk about very shortly is Janelle Chantel. She's she's doing a show at Trinity Hall on the 28th of October, and Amanda's going to be opening for Janelle. And they've got they've got a real special show planned because they're going to be collaborating on some stuff to finish the show off. And I I hope no one misses it. I hope I hope that if people can get there, they get there because this one is going to blow the roof off of that building in a big way. Amanda, during the COVID pandemic, uh, realized recognized the, the value of performing online and and giving people some reason to not be sad and to kind of have something to latch on to. She did a, a performance series that she just did Facebook lives out of her bathroom. And they were watched by thousands of people around the world. Uh, uh, thousands, 5,000, 10,000 people uh, watching this young lady play guitar and sing from her bathroom with these big old country music notes. She, she did a version. I know uh, you remember the how great thou art by Vince Gill, Carrie Underwood. She did that song in her bathroom over a 10 cent microphone and uh, every hair on my body stood straight up. It was just crazy, crazy intense, you know? Um, but again, uh, that's Amanda Stone. I, I, we could do a whole episode of me talking about Amanda. She's just, uh, and again, aside from being a fantastic singer and, and performer, she's an actual fantastic person, which is the resounding trend that Silly Cove records. We got nothing but fantastic people. I, uh, got- I hope the walls, I hope the walls stay standing at Trinity hall after that concert's over. It's going to be wild, man. Uh, Janine, Janelle sent me her set list yesterday and I was just reading through it and trying to envision how she was going to deliver these, <laughs> these big lady songs. <laughs> and I'm like, whoo, it's going to be a good one. 
But uh, and I, from what I understand, Amanda's going going full on country, and it's not something we've done at Trinity Hall yet um, with a with a, a full blown country performer like that. So it's gonna be it's gonna be real special. That's but we got to awesome. keep going, or else we're gonna be here all night. It's track three, baby, please come home, Fair Gale again. So the Cove Records artist up for Rock Artist of the Year at Music and L, killer band. I think you were surprised when you got the track. Tell me why, and let's talk about it. Well, it's just like like every track on the record. It's like the quality level is so you know. And I'm critical. I don't like most music. I don't like most food. I don't like most people. I don't like myself. Um, and it's like it's so good. And Stephen's vocal on this, Stephen Green's vocal, is so it's so good. And he's hitting these crazy high notes. It's really soulful. It's a real up-tempo, kind of fast song. Most of, the, most of the songs on this record are not this kind of like fast fifth gear kind of vibe. And uh, and, and I love that we had a track like this come in. It's like a full band. It's high energy. Um, it's a cool sounding track. They're a cool band. They, they make cool choices, cool instruments. It's great writing. Um and it's a Christmas song. I'm not quite sure how they pulled all of that off and contained it in one package, but uh it really it really rounds the album out in a way that I can't imagine. Well, I also can't imagine the album not having this song on it, if that oh, almost says it better than anything else I could come up with. What what blew me into water when and I actually asked Stephen about it the other day when we were shooting a music video for again for the album. That's coming too, folks. This is this is gonna hit in a big way. Um I asked him. I said, "Like, how how did how did you come to come up with that particular beat? Because like that that song for me normally got like a swing beat to it. Whereas Brad's like, like it's it's a complete like he just he straightens it out and goes with it, right? And Steve was like, I don't know. He said I asked Brad to record drums, and that's what he gave me. I was like, okay, well I guess I'll straighten out the lyrics too. And man, did it ever work? The boys are just they approach everything so creatively and so true to their own artistry." I've been listening to Fairgale for a decade, almost, and they've never sounded better than they do today. Uh, there's a reason why they're up for Rock Artist of the Year. If they don't win, it's 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 a travesty, <laughs> in my opinion. Again, congratulations to the winners if, if that is the case. But uh, they're a just, real amazing confluence of influences too. Like uh, I got, I got most of the track from three quarters of the band, and then Andrew Rogers, uh, who doesn't sing lead on this one. Uh, is playing a bunch of guitar stuff on it. And mm -hmm. so I got his tracks, I think like half a day later or maybe a day later. And one of his tracks was just called, um, I can't remember, it was like uh, effects or like, you know, sort of like delays and just noises and stuff. And, and it sounded like he was messing with the delay pedal, like changing the pitch and changing the speed. So a lot of these sounds on this track sound like UFOs taking off and like, like weird things. You just, if you listen to it by itself, shut off the rest of the music you think how is this ever gonna how am i ever gonna use this how does this belong in a, on a christmas album but when i put it in the track i realized it's it's like it's amazing and i and i couldn't turn it up enough like i kept turning it up and it just helps it just helps vibe the whole thing up and it's actually so loud those weird sounds are so loud in the track and it you don't really feel it it doesn't no. sound weird they're amazing and the song turned out great no. I love it. Yeah, no, it's it's a killer track, one of my favorites. I, again, I've listened to the full album now at least 
I'm going to say, and I'm not joking, I've listened to the full album from front to back at least 200 times now, and I can't pick a favorite, but that one stands out for obvious reasons. It's different than everything. There's a few more that are like that, but uh, we'll get to that. Next track on the uh, on the album, it's not really a Christmas song. It's uh, It's got some spiritual context as well, and uh, it's, it's by a young lady named Janiel Chantel, who I mentioned is going to be doing a show at Trinity Hall on the 28th. If you don't have tickets, get them today at Eventbrite. But um, going to be a killer show. She absolutely, I was there today. We recorded this song at Trinity Hall, empty room, just the way it should be done in that building. It's just the room just, like I said, I, I remember texting you right after it. And I said, Greg, I said, the building absolutely loved it. Like it just, the whole thing felt so warm and so homely when she was singing. We did 10, 10 takes of the song or something silly. It was, it was crazy. Uh, everyone Again, same thing. They just got better and better and better. The more she played, the more she sang, the better it kept getting. And, and uh, we ended up with a final product that, that you only just took over the top and made absolutely killer. But again, uh, I'd like to hear your takes on, well, Janelle's voice, for one, she's unique in herself, but then the track as well. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, so the song is Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen, who I am a huge fan of and you know, one of Canada's great talents, one of the world's great talents, um, one of the best writers ever. And that's probably one of the best songs ever written. Mm-hmm. So I'm so happy that she picked that song. And Janelle has, you know, some singers, there's a world of like great singers. And then there's a much smaller world of great singers who then also just when they sing, they just kind of grab onto your heartstrings or like your gut and just kind of get in there and just kind of tug and pull and make you feel this stuff. And, and, you know, I, I just met her at, uh, I just met her recently at Trinity hall, um, had a nice conversation with her. That's it. We've had one conversation. Um, but, you know, I mean, certainly just speaking for myself, I've had some crap happen to me in my life and that that informs my music. You know, I think if I'd had a really happy life, my music would be pretty boring. And and I don't know anything about her, but I have to assume that life hasn't been like a big, big, beautiful bowl of cherries for her. And, and I hear that in her voice. And, and, you know, not that I wish any hardship on anybody but i I think great art comes from turmoil and tragedy and and then having the 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 boldness and and the being brave enough to to not let that roll you over like a freight train and and stand up and and try and you know you get knocked down but then get up again and and it's very hard to open your mouth and sing in front of a microphone after you've been knocked down. I again, I have absolutely no idea what her life story is, not a clue. But I just I'm projecting my own weirdness onto the situation. And I just I in her voice, I just feel like this depth and um and the way that she sings Hallelujah and she's changed some of the chords too, which I've never heard anybody do with that song. Mm-hmm. Um and and it works it's really like it works really really well so i i got this recording and i remember getting texts from you as it was happening and you were you know freaking out saying like just wait till you hear this and you were right and 
I listened to all the performances and they and absolutely what you said they all they, the first one was great and it just kept getting better and better and better 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 and then I uh picked my favorite one and started just kind of building I started adding some like Hammond B3 organ on top of it and thought that was enough and then and was, what would happen if I added a cello to it did that and then added some strings and then kind of took it to this sort of like i don't know i just tried to sort of match the sacred vibe that was coming off of it and to picturing her singing it in trinity hall and, um i just hope i did it justice because it, it it what she did is uh it's really special it's really moving um i don't know what else to say i've said a lot no and that's that's enough because i think i think That'll leave people hungry enough that they got again this is a track everyone's got to hear she's played that live for us once at trinity hall uh for for the public at uh at the grand at the sorry at the birthday bash just not not a couple weeks back uh but once you hear the fully recorded in the same room uh the fully produced version of this with uh with as you pointed out the the instrumental in the background <laughs> man man oh man we gotta move on though it's a great one um Track five, I'm going to try to reel you in on this one too because you'll talk about this young lady all night long. Uh, Summer Bennett, she wrote an original song for the album and you've been working with Summer now for a better part of uh, four or five months, I guess, on some stuff which is not released yet. But this one will be the first release from Silly Cove Records from Summer Bennett and it's going to be a Christmas song that she wrote. So just touch base on it and, uh, and, and fill us in on your, your thoughts on it. Well, it never occurred to me that somebody would write an original song the christmas album i just assumed they'd be covers you know of like songs we all know i mean that's what i thought that's what i think it should be you know and i said you can hear you know here's a few songs that have already been chosen by people uh let me know what song you want to pick and she wrote right back she said is it okay if i write my own and I said, sure <laughs> so um several days went by and she sent this demo and i just thought it was so sweet and 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 pure and you know what i love about the way that she writes and and presents herself artistically is she's you know she's not trying to be i think she just turned 16 am i right about that i think she's like literally just like not just got her driver's driving. license <laughs> yeah you're right yeah she's newly 16 years old i met her when she was 15 and she's not trying to be She's not trying to sound like she's, you know, older than that. Uh, she's just really telling the truth. She's really kind of speaking her truth and just being herself. And and it sounds like that. And there's something very pure about that that I love. I think the coolest thing anybody can possibly do is just be themselves. I don't like it when people are trying to act like there's somebody else or sound like there's somebody else. So it's this really fun, lovely song. And she sent me the piano, her piano playing and her singing and uh and she said greg you can add some stuff to this if you want and at first i wasn't sure what to do and i started hearing this kind of like sort of like kind of fun rhythm behind it and just started messing around and and threw some stuff at it that i thought might be kind of pushing the envelope a little bit and i sent it to her i'm like do, am i crazy and she said no this is really fun i, I really like it um and sent some more weird kind of stuff almost like kind of a, like afro pop on it 
And uh, I said, Am I have I lost my mind? She's like, Nope, sounds great. And then we finished, and that was it. So the, it's uh, yeah, it's like a sixteen year old you know girl from uh, Paradise singing over sort of an Afro pop track. It's really interesting. It's, uh, I love it's it. It's awesome. It's going to get a mountain of play on local radio, if not right across the country, because it's so. It's so like like I said, I was chatting with her dad about the track. I said it's so fun and borderline flirtatious in that teenage way. Like it's just playful and fun. Sure. Um, and she just she just she just had a blast making the song, and it's it's really cute. The song is called uh, "Secret Santa" by Summer Bennett. So again, make sure you uh, you pay close attention to that one. It's well, you're not gonna have any choice. It's gonna be everywhere. I I I, I suspect local radio is gonna eat that up. Um, the next track, oddly enough was also written for the album. Uh, and again, we'll try not to go too much detail. We talk about Courtney Wicks a lot uh, with good reason. She helps. To, she's one of the label volunteer shops with a lot of our graphic design. Anything I throw her way, she tackles it like a champ. Um, but uh, she wanted to write a song as well for this album. And she went back to her traditional roots for this one. So your first take on this on this song, uh, well, I'll just let you go on it. What do you think? And, and I believe she wrote it with another Silly Cove Records artist. Yes, well pointed out. I should mention that or else I'll be shot did on the spot um jeremy harnham who's again who is yes officer which is a crazy aggressive loud sounding band um not exactly your christmas album kind of stuff although twisted sister does a christmas album which is kind of pretty cool um uh, in any case uh, jeremy harnham from yes officer teamed up with courtney to co-write a song um and the, the final product is called uh, house full of christmas uh, I know the story behind the song. Uh, neighbors, of course, of Jeremy growing up, large family, you know, very tight-knit family. When Christmas would come, everybody came back. Dogs, cats, babies. It was just that the house was completely on wheels for a week, two weeks, however long everybody was there. And then finally the dust would settle and Christmas would be over. Uh, but Courtney wanted to write a song with that concept in mind. And she came up with the uh, house full of Christmas, which again, ties right back to her traditional roots and, uh, yeah, just what do you think of the song? I hear that. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm in that experience when I listen to it. Mm -hmm. Again, that same sort of like pure thing. Talking about summer's track, where it, it really, like, it really, really, really is exactly what it is. I would apply that same descriptive to Courtney's song, Courtney and Jeremy's song. Um, it. I just kept it really simple. I just wanted her to be the storyteller and really put the listener in exactly the kind of scenario you just described um it feels super christmasy like i think that's actually like every song is obviously it's a christmas album so every song feels christmasy in its own way this one really for me puts me like right in that sort of like you know that feeling like i would have as a little boy like but but i mean isn't that indicative of courtney wicks like all she is, she's a hundred percent feels all the time. Like she doesn't perform without the heart on the cuff, right? Like she, everything she does, she's a hundred percent feels all the time. There's no one in the world who should be that nice. I've said it many times again, you, you would automatically assume there's something going on behind the scenes there, but there is not. She's an absolute, uh, saint of a woman and, uh, and everything she does just portrays that emotion. You can hear it in her vocals. Like there's there's a there's one part in the song I think I can't remember if it's near the end anyway where she kind of she doesn't really sing the vocal she kind of speaks a couple of the words and 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 her voice not quite cracks but she kind of 
drops into more of a like you can feel her feeling the lyric and uh it's just it's a special track um that's one of our music videos that's going to be coming out um so that'll be coming out uh, along with the promo for this album and in leading up to it she sent the track to the performers and actors who are going to be in the uh, in the in the video and multiple broke down and cried when they listened to it for the first time i just heard all these stories afterward i was like i guess she hit the nail on the head with the locals so uh, again it's it's 100 percent courtney wicks you're you're you know people are, people are gonna love it it's uh, it's courtney uh, there is there's nothing more to say about it for me than that and i was kind of blown away to find out i had no idea that it was going to happen but i i did find out that she was filming part of the video in my great what would it be great great grandfather's house mm-hmm. yeah the house that my grandfather's grandfather built that makes him my great great grandfather um because she, she was looking for like an old-timey house like a real salt box house that that okay. still looks like that um uh and then i think that's part of the video right they're like showing a real traditional one and then a more modern house so um anyway it's my little narcissistic connection to the video but uh yeah, we're all there. It, uh, it it's a it's a stunning little home too. It's and it is very very much outport Newfoundland. That home is just it's everybody's nan's house, you know. Uh, and that's what she was looking for. And we had we reached out asking for such, and this this house was graciously donated almost immediately. Use whatever you need. Use away. Enjoy yourselves. Uh, but anyway, uh, beautiful track, killer job. But we got to keep going. We're halfway there. Okay, so the next song again uh, signed to Silly Cove Records. Incredible talent, borderline genius at times. I think that operating at a different level than most of the public, I would imagine. Uh, Claire Follett, again, she's up for producer of the year at the Music and L Awards coming up. Um, just an astounding, talented uh, young woman, and she's been on board with everything we've wanted to do at trinity hall so far she's she's all about it uh as soon as i reached out to her she's like yes she she's big into christmas too she is a christmas nut so uh <laughs> she's like yes 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 she said can i do a christmas song that's kind of borderline not a christmas song as well i said listen do whatever you want this is the beauty of the project she said i want to do river by Joni mitchell again canadian icon right I hope that the track makes Joni. I, I believe last time I checked, Joni is uh, Joni is in her nineties now. I believe. I think she's in her eighties, but yeah, she had a, a terrible health scare a couple of years ago, um, which she's sort of rebounded from. Yeah. No. And uh, fair enough. Um, amazing career, singer songwriter, just out, out out to lunch, talented. But uh, I don't want to put Claire Follett right into the Joni Mitchell category of talent right at the gate. Cause I'm like everybody, she's got to prove herself as well, but man, what a talented, what a talented, talented artist, uh, Claire Follett. So when she wanted to do that song, I was like, Holy cow, this is going to be, this is going to be interesting. Cause I'm, I'm just in love with everything Claire puts out. So she sent me the rough mix and I was like, this is, this is heavy duty. And I sent it to you and I, and anyway, you can go on. Well, you're right. It's, she's heavy duty she's she's so funny she's so like kind of unassuming her personalities it's just so kind of quiet and and um you know i worked really hard in the mix i really wanted her to just love it and and uh i worked on it for a long time and i sent it to her and and she wrote back she's like thanks 
Sounds great. Exclamation mark. That was it. <laughs> so clear. <yeah. laughs> um, and uh, it's 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 an amazing track. She's playing all the instruments on it. Hmm. Her background vocal parts alone on this, which she's singing, the arrangement of it, the the the, the choices that she made, the parts that she's written for herself to sing, are so cool. I've never heard the song "River" by Joni Mitchell uh, performed like this, recorded like this. It's so interesting, and you know, none of these performers on this, none of the artists on this Christmas album had the benefit of hearing anyone else's track. That's, and that's part of the and charm. some of them. What's that? That's part of the charm for me. I think it is part of the charm, and but it could have led to a couple of train wrecks, you know. And it it really because some of them took really divergent. Uh, turns and you know kind of you know chop their own way through their own forest and 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 river with claire is definitely one of those things there's nothing else really sounds like that on the record but it just it's the most beautiful compliment to the rest of the album mm. um claire is is a force to be reckoned with on multiple levels yeah absolutely absolutely uh, i absolutely love claire let's keep her going Okay, so the next track that we've got uh, is a real special one. Again, we talked about transcending borders and all that kind of stuff uh, in, in the brief intro to this conversation. A uh, young lady by the name of Christina Hernandez, uh, Mexican descent. Um, she moved to Newfoundland and Labrador, and she's still, uh, again, like like everyone else in this album, still aspiring and, and chasing the dream. And And her voice, when I first heard this track, again, full stop, I was like, wowzer wowzer that coupled with the would you call it classical guitar i saw it's nylon string clearly but i don't know if it'll be a classical guitar or not but in any case the the, the i mean the, it's it's played on a guitar that you would play classical guitar on yeah it feels more like flamenco guitar to me okay you know but yeah it's a nylon string guitar which yeah. is also a classical guitar yes fair enough anyway this comes together and i was like when I heard it, I was like, if Greg does absolutely nothing with this, if we just, just throw it on the album. It's completely fine. Uh, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you didn't do a big lot with it after that. You kind of just, you, you loved it. I think as is, but I'll let you talk about it. Yeah. I just mixed it. I just mixed it. I loved it. I didn't want to mess with the chemistry of it at all. Um, I spoke with her a little bit. She came, I did a talk at Trinity hall back in May, uh, the day after we opened the hall. And uh, at the end of the talk, we did a question and answer thing. And she was one of the people that stood up and asked a question. And I was asking her a few questions, like, what led you here? And she said she uh, she's a singer. She's trying to, you know, putting out her own music. And and uh, and for some reason, when you were talking about people to to, you know, include on the on the record, we wanted to, like, you know, have to have there be a variety of of artists. She popped into my head and. uh I did a little due diligence because I hadn't heard her music at that point and, uh, and found out that she's great. And so we reached out to her and she immediately said, yeah, I'd love to be involved. So she uh, recorded this beautiful song, the title trend. I don't want to begin to say it in Spanish because my, my uh, Spanish is terrible, but it translates as the bell ringers. And, um, and it really, it's like this wonderful, breath of fresh air when it comes on as you're listening oh, to the album it, uh, it she is, sings it in spanish which i love you know i, I love that we didn't we weren't like no you got to sing in english like no sing it in spanish like let's you know 
be yourself and uh and it's so authentic and i just i love it i love it what what catches me with that track is that one would think at least for me one would think that when i hear a a, a song i'm a big lyrics guy I like listening to the lyrics when it's in a language i don't understand i don't understand the lyrics one might think well, i'll just skip to the next one but I, I i can't skip past the track i listen to it every time i listen to the song i'm like because artistically vocally and instrumentally it is superb it is so so good right from yeah. the beginning to the end she carries you through through this song the whole way and it is just again jaw-droppingly good i uh i wish i wish i knew spanish <laughs> that's how good it yeah, is me too me too especially yeah. living in california i wish i knew spanish i'm, I'm learning obviously my kids speak spanish well well there we go Maybe but yeah i agree with what you're saying that the way you just described it is the perfect descriptive for it it yeah. does it doesn't matter that that i'm not fluent in spanish uh it, no. it's just the experience of listening to it is really something else totally so transcends cultural cultural boundaries i i again it was the perfect fit next track love these girls so much amity uh have yourself a merry little christmas i, I chatted back and forth with these girls uh painstakingly length amount of time over which song they were going to choose because they were so excited I mean, they're so excited anyway. I'm sure that like when Emma Bursey hits the floor in the mornings, it must be like a hurricane at her house. Either that, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like these girls, Alyssa Delaney, Hillary North, um, they're just so full of energy and so full of life that I was really curious that they batted around a bunch of ideas. And I said, listen, girls, I said, just pick something which will truly showcase your abilities vocally individually, but also as a unit. And they're like, got it best kind so i never heard anything from them for like two or three days and they're like we're gonna sing because I, I recommended a couple of songs that i thought would be good and they're like yeah yeah they are great choices no one ever takes my advice probably wise uh they came back and said we want to do uh have yourself a merry little christmas i was like okay cool um they decided to do it with just one guitar player instead of three uh so hillary plays guitar on the track and then uh they've all got a piece in in the in the verses and of course the harmony and arrangement but i'll let you talk about that I mean, these three are just nothing but full of surprise, surprises. And it's worth pointing out that um, the three of them are performing this live, right? Mm -hmm. It's live on stage at Trinity Hall. Yep. Um, and that can be a terrifying thing to know that what you're doing is being recorded with these microphones that can hear a pin drop 10 miles away they hear every little squeak every little lip smack every little you know it's almost like they're reading your mind every little thought in your head it kind of feels like that when these huge things are placed in front of you and you're being recorded and people are looking at you um and they you know they're kids they're in high school um I'm sure they don't feel like kids, but to an old man like me, I'm going to call them kids. And they they haven't done a lot of this before. I'm sure they don't have a ton of experience recording. They probably they may maybe they don't have any experience recording. Well, they do now. <laughs> this is this is their experience this is, this recording. Is the experience. So, uh, and um, you know, and they're holding their own on this album with with uh, some people who have quite a bit of experience. Some some people have decades of experience of recording. So. Uh, I love how this turned out. I love how it really sounds like them as well. Even though they're just getting going, they performed a bunch of concerts recently 
in the area. Um, they performed at that uh, birthday concert that you put together for me to also to raise money for the for the the boat museum in Winterton. Um, and they they blew everybody away at that show. Uh, oh, that was last me. minute for them as well. Like the whole thing was last minute, but for them it was literally day of. I was like, oh, girls, can you just bring a guitar? And they're like, why? Uh, like because they were coming up to help videotape the thing. <laughs> And That's I, was right. like, I forgot. I forgot. They weren't even planning on playing the show. They That's weren't right. even supposed they, to play. Um, and uh, but yeah, they they just they show up and and to your point, you were talking about you know it can be it can be daunting. It can be you know, it can be scary and everything else. Nothing seems to phase these girls. They're just they're they're happy. They're happy young ladies. They they go about their their crafts professionally. They enjoy it, and I think that resonates in their performance. Just a great performers too. Aside from vocally, like great artists and everything else. Their stage presence is is amazing. They're, they're just they're so fun to watch, you know, because they're just they're really just enjoying what they're doing and loving what they're doing, and and that comes through in spades on this track on the album. Uh, for me, it was the arrangement. I, I mean, the harmonies always with those three girls just blows me away. But the uh, the arrangement as well, um, just a killer killer version of that song, and I can't wait. Uh, for for I know they're super excited to have an actual recorded song released. So uh, get ready for that tornado to hit when uh, when these girls start hearing their their song on the radio. And I love too that you, there's something very infectious about the way that they they do what they do. Like you can tell that they enjoy being with each other. You can tell that they've got each other's backs. You yeah. know that was like it's really 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 evident. Um, it doesn't nothing feels competitive. It feels very like we're we're we are a united front and uh and we love doing this and we love doing it for the audience and um it doesn't feel arrogant it feels like for all the right reasons uh and that that also that comes through at me uh without having the visual it comes through on the microphone on the record um yeah they're i, I can't wait to see what's down the road for these girls these kids yeah, and all scary. It's scary. Uh, well, like I said, I mean, we're we're blessed with a lot of young people at Silly Cove Records, and a lot of young people who started in the industry as young people. So I I asked Rachel. I said, you know, you were a a child prodigy at one point. I mean, Rachel, I believe she's twenty two now. She came up through the same kind of thing, and she's been at all the competitions and she's done all these different things across the country. And I said, what do you think of these young girls? I said, based on your experience coming up as as a teenage performer, and she said, Ron, she said, I've never heard anything like it. So I've ne- I've I've been around a lot of uh, young performers, and she's I've never heard anything like these three girls. And she's and to the point that uh, she wants to co-write a song with them as well for her, her next album on on the Silly Cove Records label. So that in itself, uh, she wants to co-write and, and perform a song on her next on her next album with these girls. And uh, that, uh, of course, she told the girls and. Again, the roof came off the place. stage. They, they they went full berserk uh, because that's who they are. I, and I I just I love their energy, their passion. Uh, the world's kind of a shitty place right now, and being around uh, those three girls, you can't help but smile. They're just they're, it's 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 literally infectious, and that comes through in this song. But we'll keep her going. We got four left to do, and yeah, we'll get her done. So, uh, friend of the uh, friend of the label, uh, you spent some time with them. Great guy, super talented performer, killer voice, Mr. Justin Fancy. Just released his latest album. A uh, little bit of Greg Wells input on that one. We won't get into that today because I think we might have talked about that somewhere before. But anyway, in any case, 
Justin reached out to Justin immediately, texted me back like 30 seconds later, yes, 100%, I want to do uh, Oh Holy Night. Again, I was like, what? You wanted, I was expecting, you know, one of the big voice ladies. Like I was thinking Amanda Stone would grab that because I've heard her sing it before. And I was like, mm. Amanda kills that song. And she probably would have grabbed it, but Justin got to it first. And, uh, and I was, but I thought it was a real interesting choice for, because he's got a real country music twang in his voice. Uh, I had no idea he had that sort of range also. That was a you know, eye opener for me. Um, and then you took the song and, and, and ran with it. Cause I, I want to say he sent a vocal track only. Is that, is that fair? No. Well, he said, he, uh, let's see. The first thing he sent was sort of a, I don't think he, he, I don't think in his mind, he thought it was the final version. He wanted to know what I thought. And so he sent a guitar and a vocal. I think I got that right. Yep, that's right. I don't think yeah, it was piano right. vocal. I think, I think it was guitar vocal. Guitar vocal. It was, yeah. He's like, what do you think? And um, and I liked it. And I said, um, some of the uh, some of the melody notes aren't quite how the traditional thing, how the traditional uh, piece goes. Um, and I played it so many times in church. I just know the thing inside out and backwards. So I said, just fix a couple of these things and and give it another go. Um. And I think I think maybe what he sent me was a voice memo. I might be making that part up, but I I just knew it wasn't the final recording. So he was working on it for a while, and he texted me. And he said, "I I'm having a little trouble getting it where I want it to be with the guitar and the vocal." He was having no trouble singing it, but he wasn't satisfied. I can't. I don't know exactly why, he, but I just remember him saying that he wasn't quite ready to send it to me. And and then finally, he said, "Look, I." I, I've got a vocal that I like, but I just, I'm not satisfied with the guitar. Why don't I just send you the vocal track? And uh, why don't you try playing piano, Greg, on it? Um, let's see if that works. And I said, sure, send it on down. So we did. And it's a beautiful vocal. And I started playing piano on it. And immediately it was starting to sound like something. And then I thought, well, given that it's a blank slate like why don't i just kind of go to town and i started putting a french horn part on it and then some kind of strings and uh i forget i added a whole bunch of different stuff to it uh, at the end i think there's even like some cymbal rolls and maybe even some kettle drums and anyway um it winds up being sort of orchestral it really is yeah and uh and and he just holds it like he holds it he carries he he's at the he leads the charge as the saying goes um and those high notes that he hits at the end like it gives me a, a chill every time in the best way it's really it's an amazing moment um yeah. uh, that that's a hard song to live up to that's one of those ones that if you're going to do it you better do it you know what i mean uh and and and, and justin just absolutely slayed it it was such a great vocal and it still lays true to his his country background like you still got that little bite of country that you're hearing with this beautiful orchestral sound it's, that's oh yeah it really, sounds like him yeah it's, it sounds like yeah right it sounds like justin fancy and uh and i think that's why i love it so much because i haven't heard oh holy night sang like that ever in my life so like you i grew up in church and and uh Heard it sang a uh, hundred different ways by hundred different people. Heard it on organs and pianos and guitars and recorders and <laughs> heard it all, but I've never heard it like this. So I think that one is going to 
that one's going to raise some eyebrows as well. People are going to love it. So, you know, and, people forget. I mean, like singers like Janelle or Justin who have spent years and years and years, or musicians like me who have spent years and years and years playing in in bands. Uh, you know, the St. John's version of that, I guess, is uh, forgive me, it's George Street, mm-hmm. right, where the a lot of the venues are in in, yep. in the city. When you're playing in cover bands and you're doing you know several nights a week like you just develop this like this muscle memory and and you know justin has a voice where he could he could kind of sing the phone book and uh it would sound great like he he could probably sing anything but he has taken that and he's developed his own like he sounds like an artist he doesn't just he doesn't just sound like a generic singer who's got a really good voice he sounds like himself Mm -hmm. uh which is which is rare it's hard to do but there's lots of country singers who could not sing Oh Holy Night with that sort of uh, authenticity and authority. You're right. It's like there's no backing out. You either you either like you're you put the wingsuit on and you jump off the top of the mountain or you just don't do it. There's no you can't half ass that song anyway. Yeah, yeah, he killed it. Absolutely. Three more to go. So we got uh, one of the most interesting ads to the album. I'm so glad we did because I had no idea. Again, you talk about you talk about an album that's diverse. Um, again, we had a lot of young people on this one, first time first time recordings. Uh, but then we wanted to really give it that dynamic of the generational spread, and uh, we had already established a great relationship with Mr. Ray Johnson, and reached out to Ray, and he's like, "Yeah, I'd love to do it. Do you mind if I incorporated another couple of bodies with me?" I said, "Ray." You do whatever Ray Johnson wants to do with this track. So he pitched some ideas towards it and things that he'd like to see. And then he arranged for uh, Chad Hunt, who, again, haunting voice. Chad's got a really deep, kind of puts me in mind of George Jonesy kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very George Jones. And, uh, and of course, our own Courtney Wicks to, to handle the high end on it. And I know when, when, they, when they recorded this, the song, the song is called Angels in the Snow. And some Newfoundlanders will recognize the tune. It was originally written by Kevin Blackmore and his wife. Um, Kevin, of course, is, uh, is one of the leads for Buddy Wass's name and the other fellas. The band, which Ray is synonymous for us, where he, he, he got his name and really uh, uh, affected right across Canada. They, they've played shows from coast to coast and sold out venues for 30 years. Um, Kevin wrote the song with his wife and, uh, and again, passed it on to Ray. Ray did the arrangement for it. And, uh, and here we are. Um, they recorded it at Trinity Hall, again, live off the floor. Uh, it was kind of came together and, and I'm just so proud of how it turned out. It's, it's so, it starts off, of course, very Ray Johnson. It's exactly what I would have expected to a point. Cause I mean, Ray has his, his, his sound that is, synonymous with him with his button accordion and his his uh new chelsea vocals i call him because he's originally from just minutes down down the road in new chelsea from trinity hall and uh but then of course he brings in brings in the the, the silky smooth uh harmonies with courtney and chad got that ghostly deep voice and it just all blends so well together uh and it sounds like it sounds like outport newfoundland to me it just it just it reeks of Outport, Newfoundland, and I absolutely love it. But I'd love to hear your take on it as well. Well, one, I mean, the, you know, the the genesis of me wanting to do Silly Cove Records was to preserve the sound of Outport, Newfoundland. That was the beginning of it. It's wound up becoming that plus a whole bunch of other stuff. But that was the very, very, very beginning thought that I had is 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 finding like I wanted to make a button accordion record. I still do. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, Ray Johnson might, he's offered to make a button accordion record at some point if, if both he and, and, and we can find the time to do it. But what I love is that as soon as that track kicks in, you're really in like this other time, this other era in, in a really natural, really authentic way that just feels like a hug. Um, and, and Ray is just a, he's just a masterful storyteller. Mm. He's a lot of things, but I think it all tethers down to, to storytelling. And, um, and I know that I had, I'd finished the mix and we were Ray's uh, recording was one of the last ones to come in and we were really up against the deadline. I was getting pretty uptight about like, you know, we got to get this done. We got to get it um, so that we can, you know, get get it up for sales. So we don't miss the Christmas season this year. I don't want this to be a Christmas album for the following Christmas. And I'd finished the mix. And then I got a request that came from Ray um, to add uh, some children's laughter at the top and then a uh, something else, something piano. Else. piano. And, 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 and maybe he'd actually told that to you and maybe you'd forgotten and all this stuff that was going on. You'd forgotten to mention it to me when he said it. So it came in like a couple of days later. And I remember thinking, nah, I just don't have time to do it. We're fine. I don't need to do it. <laughs> that was my first reaction. It just is what it is. You know, it's a, ca- it's a, it's a casualty of like, we're out of time. And then an hour went by and I just thought, I just had this little voice in my head going, Craig, don't be an idiot. You know, Ray's right. You know, he's right. <laughs> Shut up. Just call the track up again and just do it. And, and that voice kept getting louder and louder and louder. So I just did it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop everything. I'm going to open that song up again. I'm going to find some sounds with children's laugh. I found three different sounds of children laughing, put that in, timed it where I thought it felt right. And I played piano on the thing and it just got so much better. And it, it's kind of created like a, it's more, it feels more cinematic. It really puts you in a thing. I mean, Ray was just, again, you know, he knows what works for yeah. his storytelling. Oh, yeah, absolutely. To me, before that, before you made those requested adjustments, it, it sounded like a time and place. After the adjustments, it put you in a time and place, if that makes sense. Right. You know what I mean? And, uh, and that's, that was the difference it made for me. I, Yes, it's, it's, again, killer track. Uh, it was a great job all around by yourself, by by the performers. Uh, it's just it's, it's an it's an excellent uh, example of what old school Newfoundland music sounds like recorded today at a high level. So again, absolute killer job, and nothing and like nothing else on the album. Like like everything else on the album, it's not like anything else on the album. <laughs> so, uh, but but it fits like a glove yeah. for me anyway. I think it fits like a glove. The whole, all of it does, man. It's just. Uh, Everything on the album is so different and so unique that it all fits together seamlessly. It's 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 a beautiful it's a beautiful compilation, and we got two more songs to talk about. And there are two interesting songs. Talk about interesting songs. Holy cow! Um, another performer, uh, originally from Winterton, the uh, home of Trinity Hall, is Alyssa Green. Um, Alyssa has one of the most natural raw voices I've heard. Growing, she grew up with. Courtney Wicks with Jeremy Hearn. They all came up together, which is kind of a scary thought. Gary Powers from Fairgale. These people all grew up together, uh, all in a little town of less than 500 people. And we're talking about seriously talented individuals. Um, I reached out to Alyssa and said, you know, she had shown interest as well in the label. And I said, we'll figure out a way to get you involved in something here along route. And it was like, it was like the track that was never meant to be because Myself and Fiener went to Trinity Hall and we scheduled, you know, three or four of these women to come out and, and record. Amity got theirs done. Janiel's got theirs out of the way. And we just, we just ran out of time. 
Alyssa was there ready to go. Okay. No, we'll reschedule. Tried to oh, reschedule. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Tried to reschedule it in St. John's for to meet at Mark's place, which just couldn't get it to work out. Uh, we got her at Trinity Hall one afternoon while Jeremy Harnham and Yes Officer had booked a space out to record the Yes Officer album. Alyssa was calling in the middle of the day, uh, or in the morning, sorry. It was in the morning one, one, one day uh, to start and record this song before uh, Jeremy and them arrived. And she said, yep, no problem. She showed up. And it was a litany of lawnmowers and chainsaws and cars and trucks. It was just a busy time of the day. And it just, like Mark said, he said, great takes. He said, it was just littered with background noise. It, it was just be a nightmare for Greg, an absolute nightmare. He said, he said we're going to get her back again. I was like, oh, my God, poor Alyssa. So, again, they kept working on the Yes Officer album. They called Alyssa in for a night recording. I think it was the second last day that, they, that, that, that Jeremy was there. I think it was a Thursday. They called her in, and, and she came in around 9 o'clock, and they, they, they knocked they knocked the, the vocal out and sent it to you. And, uh, and I, I love the final product. It's a real slow song too. It's very, I don't know. It's the kind of song that gives me time to think while I'm listening to it. You know what I mean? Uh, but I'll let you talk about the track. So the track showed up acapella, mm-hmm. just her voice. And I had not heard the song before. And I didn't, I didn't, it, I didn't get it. I mean, she sounded great. She was singing great, but I didn't really understand the song itself. And uh, I had to kind of go to school on the song. And I heard, I think Vince Gill does a version of it. And I started listening to other versions of it. And I started to kind of get it. Um, and then I picked up a guitar and started just playing like really simple sort of nylon string guitar. And and then it, I, I understood what was going on. Um, at least to the best of my ability and and that track is is i love it when that track comes on on the record it's it's so mellow it's so unassuming um and it's really it's it's really such a unique small little story but it's also a really really long song i think the song is almost five minutes long um which is it might be the longest song on the album but it doesn't feel long when you're listening to it it just kind of holds you the way she sings it it's so beautiful she just really she's giving it a very faithful telling the story of the of the lyric i think it came out great i hope she likes it i haven't i haven't spoken to her since uh i don't think i've spoken to her at all actually before or after i've been i've been too busy trying to arrange her to get into a studio to pour a thing but uh but yeah that that track really just is so is, is simplistic in its in its structure but it's just perfect it's perfect her vocals are so i i, I told her before her almost disturbing to me like she she the way she sings is so raw and so powerful in a kind of a sad kind of deep soulful way that yeah. when she delivers this song the song is the gift uh, which again, Vince Gill, uh, Garth Brooks, uh, there's a bunch of people who've, who've delivered that song over the years. Um, her delivery of it is just so on point and it's stirring for me. It's a very stirring rendition of the song. So, um, and there's an Easter egg at the end of that song, I guess that, um, do you want to talk about it or should we just leave it as a surprise? Do you even know what I'm talking about? I don't right now. No. Okay. Well, I'll tell you it's a bell. <laughs> Oh yes, I well sure. Let's talk about it. Okay, I forgot I did that. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, it's written, it's it's in the lyric. I mean, it kind of like told me to do it, you know. <laughs> I know when I listened to the song, I heard you throw it in there. So uh, that's it's, it's my first time being recorded as a as a, as an accompanying musician on an album too. By the way, uh, <laughs> back in oh, uh, you know what? You're not listed in the credits. I know, you, I know. I should have let that one go. Too late, right? <laughs> Official bell ringer. Um, maybe, yeah. Anyway, um, so back way way back when we finally got hands on the studio and we were like just bare bones setting up equipment and like we we're fishing wires and lines through pipes and trying to get things and greg shows up with these amazing royer microphones and he's like okay this is the middle of the night too uh back in the middle of the night in the middle of the winter um i want to record the bell the trinity hall bell which is on display it doesn't it's not in the tower anymore it's on display on the main floor but it's still in its bracket and you can swing it so me and jeremy harnham were there and we're like sure we'll ring the bell so greg gives us instructions as to how he wants us to do it you know try to keep it somewhat consistent like as if it was ringing in in in, in, a, in, a, in a steeple we did our best and uh, of course greg uh, ran the ran the equipment in the control room and we recorded the bell and i had no idea where we would ever use said recording but it's gone into this track for the gift by Alyssa, who grew up in winter and it could not fit any better uh, I know the people of Winterton are going to recognize the bell. It's it's synonymous with Christmas for me. When I hear the bell, it reminds me when I was a kid, that bell rang every Christmas when I was growing up, you know, just before dinner time, Christmas morning. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a special piece. But, yeah, you go, whatever you want to say. Well, it's, it's, it's I mean, the lyric, there's, they, they, you know, it says something like the church bells ring or something like that. I forget exactly what it says. Hmm. And once I heard that a few times, you know, I had the feeble thought of like, oh, I have a recording of a church bell ringing, you know, and <laughs> and, and you have been on me for so long about, you know, trying to like sneak the Trinity Trinity Hall bell into, you know, like anything I'm working on, like the Wicked movie or like, you know, uh, other singers I'm working with. And I and I just thought, oh, this is the perfect opportunity to do it. Um, and, and to that point, two things come to mind. I think you should edit in right now to this podcast. The recording of the bell just let it play for like 10 seconds but also on uh on christmas or like maybe a few days before christmas we should figure out a way to pump the sound of the bell of that recording pump it through the speakers at the top of the uh the tower at trinity hall because there are these really old weird speakers up there they look like cool something they look like air sirens from like world war ii or massive they do. massive pieces of kit um Maybe we'll have an entry-level chat about that while you're home. During, I know we're not going to have time to do anything during music in a week, uh, but we should absolutely talk about that and see what, what needs to happen to make that happen. Because that is, I think that would be appreciated by a lot of people. I, I don't think I it's hard to do at all. I think it might even be ready to go. It might have to be, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. Last song. Here we are. You've got to go very soon. Uh, we got uh, a choir. A full-blown choir. I can't. I didn't get a head count that, that that day, but it was like thirty or forty people piles into Trinity Hall. Too many to fit on the stage. So I'm like, Greg, how are we gonna do this? And I was thinking, like, well, we can put them on different tiers of the stage. And you're like, Nah, we don't need a stage. Put them in the seats. <laughs> I was like, Okay. Well, they're not a performing choir; they're a congregation now at this point. And I love that concept because then we mic'd up the room, uh, mic'd up the soloist in the actual hollowness of that building. And recorded this this beautiful choir uh, directed by Ann Whalen. Uh, soloist is her daughter, uh, Ruby Ann, and uh, just a killer. Like when I hear when I hear the song, I feel like I should be drinking a brandy and smoking a cigar. 
You know what I mean? Like it's just so 1930s or something. I don't know, maybe 1920s, but it's just so good. Um, accompanied on piano again, uh, the Trinity Hall piano, uh, famously now known as Walter, is on the is on the album, which again was important to me. I wanted I wanted that guy to make his appearance. Um, but again, uh, just a very very cool track and an amazingly talented soloist in in in, in Ruby Ann. On I'll let you I'll let you go go. Yep, Ruby Ann sounds amazing. She's a great singer. That was a really fun experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I started that night really uptight because some of the gear wasn't working the way that I wanted it to. Um, and when that happens, I kind of get my knickers in a twist, as the Brits say. Uh, but you really kind of took over and you were like kind of the ringmaster and you you were quite fantastic, sort of, you know, corralling everybody um, into the right space and sort of leading the session. And then I finally relaxed. Uh, I think it took about a half an hour, though. But they were a great, great, great collection of people. They were really wonderful to work with, wonderful to be around, happy to be there. Uh, you know, everyone gave the entire evening to do it we did a lot of different recordings i kept asking them to do it again and again and again and every time they did it it got better um and the recording that's on the record is the final one that they did mm-hmm. and i did the old i told them i admitted it was a trick after i suggested but the, there's an old producer trick and it pretty much works almost every time where you do a bunch of recordings of the thing and then you tell whoever's recording you say all right, we got it. We're done. We have it. We I have what I need. We got lots of great recording. Let's just do one more just for the heck of it, just because we can, just for insurance. Just we don't need it, but let's just let's just do it. And then that's usually the one that's the best one because they're sort of a relaxed. They're like, "Oh, we can just have fun with this one." I did in my ridiculous truth serum way did tell them like this is a trick and i'm trying to get you to you know just relax and have fun but that actually was the take that had the most fun vibe to it um and they they sang even better than they had been singing so that's the one on the album um and i do love that it's so different stylistically from everything else like it's uh you know a choir turns out a choir really sounds like a choir it doesn't sound like a band or like a one singer or a few singers on a microphone it's a it's a really specific flavor and to have and it's an excellent choir too and to have the sound of a great choir rounding the album out closing the album makes me really happy one of my favorite sounds i grew up um as a teenager i was a church organist um and i one of the things i miss the most about that is is playing the organ with a great choir kind of surrounding me there's it's such an amazing sound the human voice i think is the best instrument out there i think it's my favorite instrument and so to have you know i don't know exactly how many people there are on the choir but to have you know 35 40 of those instruments all singing the same song in harmony led by a great director um there's nothing like it and i i feel like we we captured it really well um and with ruby ann you know singing i mean some of the notes she she hits are just ridiculous no her range is incredible crazy her tone is incredible her rhythmic feel is incredible um it's a great album closer in the same way that rachel's track is a great album opener 
Mm-hmm. It's really like a fantastic kind of big Christmas ribbon tied at the end of, of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I can't it's, wait for people to hear the whole, it's, the entire it's, album. It's the happiest version of Blue Christmas I've ever heard. <laughs> like it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not very it's, blue. It's so counterintuitive to what I expected in my mind. Uh, I just, I absolutely love it. I, I think, to your point, it's a great closer. Uh, and again, directed by Anne, Anne Whalen. Uh, it was her dream, of course, to have have a song recorded by our choir, uh, professionally done, and put on an album. And and I know they're totally stoked to see this come out as well. So that's the album, folks. Thirteen tracks, all locals, uh, produced, mixed, mastered by Mr. Greg Wells. Uh, again, with a bunch of help, a bunch of help along the way. Through there's there's got to be a hundred people involved in this album now, close to it. Uh, sure, I, yeah. I'm actually going to get a count because there is probably very close to that when you when you take in the choir and everyone um, yeah. who who pitched in. So again, uh, I usually uh, I usually close with like, subscribe, all that cram with the podcast. Forget that for today. If if you guys like what you've heard here today, you're, you're the least bit inquisitive. The money is going to an amazing cause at the Janeway. Uh, go to silicoverecords.com, uh, click the shop link, and you'll see the pre-order there for the uh, the hard copy. It's going to be a nice little piece of memorabilia and a, and a great listen, if nothing else. So, uh, again, Greg, thanks so much for today, man. Uh, I know you're a busy man. you got volleyball. It's probably already started. So uh, you get going. Uh, and, again, thanks for sharing the bench at Danny's Bank. Thanks for coming up with this excellent idea. I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs>